All right, I guess we'll go ahead and get started. We'll let uh, I know a couple more people will start trickling in. So uh, I wanted to do a uh, get to know, uh, see what's working type of a meeting with Alex Steele. If you are in any of the Ad Leaks Gold or Platinum groups, you definitely know and have seen Alex. He is um, a tremendous asset to have in these groups. Very, very helpful, very willing. I don't know, are you very, are you as active in the ad buyers group or not really? Not too much, you know. No, yeah. So uh, if you are in those groups, you have seen him, you've seen some of the things he's posted about and the many people that he's helped helped out with. Um, I met Alex at a mastermind in LA, uh, just like I met Steven last week. And I feel like I've seen you kind of grow quite a bit since then and really accelerate kind of your learning and your capabilities fairly, fairly quickly. Um, I would trust Alex with my clients' campaigns. So I guess I'd just kind of like to get to a little know about how you kind of got in the space because I, I know your backstory, but a lot of people don't. So why don't you tell a little bit about us, your family, and kind of how you got into it? Yeah, I originally got to like my first kick at like online marketing, if you want to call it that, was uh, we had uh, a wedding photography business. And so I was doing like Kijiji marketing basically. And, uh, like split testing images and headlines and stuff on there, finding out what works. But I mean, it wasn't really, I didn't really know anything about marketing back then. Um, that's kind of was my first kick at it. But when I got into like e-commerce and Facebook marketing and, and, and everything pretty heavy was actually, uh, in 2016 when our daughter, when she was uh, uh, six, seven months old, she was diagnosed with neuroblastoma, which is a, a type of cancer. Um, kind of spreads all over the body and, and everything. It was, it was pretty nuts. Um, <clears throat> so I was working as an engineer at that point, full time, and had to go off on leave because I was uh, I was living in hospital with her, and my wife was at home with our our other daughter, and she was pregnant with our third at that point too, right? Um, so I was living in the hospital with her and looking for a way to supplement income, and I uh, just came across. I probably got targeted on Facebook by an ad um, by uh, Annex and Gull and go went down the rabbit hole with his stuff. And he was promoting uh, Adrian Morrison at one point. And uh, if you haven't, you don't know Adrian Morrison, he's, he's awesome guy, super helpful. And he runs webinars all the time uh, for, for, you know, growing e-commerce and stuff like that. So I kind of jumped on his, um, on his free trainings, dove into that. And, um, really like because i was off on leave we didn't really have a whole lot of money and so we had i think about 300 dollars threshold on our facebook account uh in order to do something with we had a 30-day trial on shopify and it was either do it or bust right and uh what'd you start marketing like what was your first thing that you started marketing uh, it was totally drop shipping uh, that's what the the model that adrian was teaching at the time and he still he still does teach that a little bit um so the first thing that First product that we marketed was it's called washi tape. It's like a uh, a crafting scrapbooking thing or whatever, right? My, my wife was doing scrapbooking at the time. I was like, all right, <laughs> let's try that out. See how it works. <laughs> um, we we made like five hundred dollars in sales on it. It wasn't that much, um, but then that was our first couple of weeks that we, we did that. And then our next month, or our full, next full month, uh, we found another product that was actually working which was, uh, it was like baby shoes. It was like these little moccasins or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did about 20,000 in sales our first full month, uh, first full calendar month. And then our second calendar month, we did uh, over 80,000 in sales of 
moccasin baby shoe things. Still running it? Uh, we don't sell those ones anymore. They're still on our store. They sell every now and then, but uh, they're not ones that we're promoting anymore. That was like whatever, two and a half, three years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but uh, yeah, it has been pretty fun. And our daughter's doing fantastic now. And it was uh, is one of those pivot points where you, you got to, you know, figure out what you're going to do with, in order to take care of your family at that point. You just, yep. you got to do something, right? Right. And uh, so we just kind of dove into it and, and made it work and transitioned out of being um, an engineer. Like I literally went back. Um, I, I was off on leave, went back after my leave. And it was the day of my 10-year anniversary uh, being an engineer. They gave me my, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, a gold watch or whatever it was. And I went rocked down to HR and said, <laughs> I want to negotiate my my severance i'm leaving <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah and you're and i think you do something if i'm not mistaken like you donate quite a bit to kind of like cancer stuff and don't you donate like part of your proceeds or something that you make from all your digital stuff to kind of help i've seen i've seen some of your posts yep oh, tell us about that yeah so we work with uh, there's a couple um cancer agencies here in town uh, one of them is child can and they help with uh, the families of childhood cancer so they helped mm -hmm. us a lot they supported with a bit of income supplements and parking passes food and all that kind of stuff while you're in hospital they're fantastic right so we we give back to them we try and give back to them and uh, we're still involved with them as well which is pretty cool so every now and then um, especially in September which is child cancer month um, I usually do a whatever donate whatever you can to the organization and you'll get you know a console call with me kind of thing right so yeah. instead of paying me just give to the kids and, and all that. So it's been right. pretty cool. Well, I can imagine going to that. My daughter fell off, a, was pushed this weekend by a, another kid and fell seven feet straight onto her back at a birthday party. And, you know, I thought she was dead. So I, yeah. and that was like a split second type deal. I couldn't imagine kind of going through that with kids. I haven't had to face anything like that. So um, I'm sure it makes you a better man though. Um, let's jump in and kind of talk about kind of your client base, kind of what you're doing with clients, kind of the different traffic. Uh, platforms you're running so i know you run heavily on facebook is that really all that you're dabbling in right now is facebook advertising or do you do anything else uh we do primarily facebook and uh we get we're a little bit in snapchat right now testing that out and we're working a bit in pinterest as well uh getting that up and running for a couple clients too is that um, working snapchat and pinterest for you or no uh snapchat's a bit of a a hassle with getting things approved right but um it, it's kind of a need it's a bit different platform um, we haven't seen huge results on it yet, but uh, we're still you know, testing things out, right? Mm -hmm. And Pinterest, we're just jumping into that. Uh, we've been only on there for like a, a couple of weeks kind of thing. But okay. uh, it seems very similar type of platform. They both are very similar platforms in terms of their ad buying and their mm -hmm. their ad manager and everything. So it's, if you know Facebook, you can kind of jump in and, and sure. do something similar on there. Yeah. What, do you, what do you see which one working better for you? Like Pinterest or do you think Snapchat? based on kind of what you've seen in the metrics with what you spend, do you have kind of a, cause I know a lot of people are crushing on Snapchat. To be honest, I yep. haven't ran a lot of Snapchat ads. I ran Pinterest in the past, didn't have much success with it from a non e-commerce, more of a local, like high end design furniture store that I used to run. Um, have you seen any like sales at all from it or? We've seen some for our, like for our personal store. So we, we have some stuff that's geared more towards like teenagers and, 20 year olds and stuff. Right. So we've seen some on there for that. Uh, as far as my clients go, their demographic are a little more, uh, a little older and 
more some of the the stuff that we we sell is more like craft oriented and oh, um, uh, that kind of stuff, right? So, the, sorry, is more female based demo. Yeah, more female based demographic. Um, well, I guess it could be male female. It doesn't really matter. Like, um, but it it is more. The products are more suited to something you'd see on a Pinterest, right? like somebody would yeah. pin on a board versus, you know, a snap, right? So, okay. yeah, let's jump in. I know you've created, if anyone is in the platinum group, um, I don't think a lot of them are shared in the gold group because they're a little bit more advanced techniques. So um, in the platinum group, you have kind of made some videos. I know you've created a couple different bidding methods, which I know for a lot of people right now, one of them is what actually with kind of in the last month how Facebook kind of took a, a nosedive. One of those has basically been carrying a lot of accounts for a lot of people and that's the sniper method. And then I think you also created the sawed off shotgun method, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, did I miss any others or are those the only two that you? Yeah, those are the primary ones, yeah. So why don't you tell us about each one and kind of how you like figure that out and kind of um, how you perfected it or tested it and just kind of go into each one and just discuss it a little bit. So this, the, the sawed off is, um, a similar to Timbird shotgun method. If you know, Timbird's uh, shotgun method, um, where you, you're basically putting a lot of ad sets out there and running rules on it, uh, in order to weed out the bad ones earlier off in the day and let the, the profitable ones keep riding. Right. Um, I've been working with CBO for over a year now. I started working on that back in like May, June of last year. And so I was kind of migrating some of Tim's method into the CBO, kind of matching them up and uh, came up with the sawed off message, which is basically a, a condensed version or small, smaller version of it where um, you're not, the budget's a lot smaller on it and the number of ad sets are a lot smaller on it, but it's still the same type of method where you're, you're having several ad sets that are running and mm -hmm. you're killing them off earlier in, in the day and letting the CBO budget reallocate to the, the ones that are working. Right. Whereas with the sawed off and it, the way that it works is you have, it's all ad set budgets. So you have to use each one of your ad sets with a high budget with the sawed off. You put your, your high budget on your CBO mm -hmm. and you're basically just whittling things down to, to find the best one of the day. Right. Which yeah. has been pretty cool. How many purchases do you typically see? Like uh, we were just talking about this with Leilani, who I know you've talked to a little bit. She works. Yep. It works with me. Talking about because I actually never have tested the shotgun method or the sawed off. I'm more of a long term stable. So we're okay. like testing this for one client. So with the shot off, sawed off, or the shotgun method, like how many purchases? I think it's like ten purchases by eight a.m. Correct before you like start doubling the budget. Is that kind of typically what you've seen, or does the sawed off give you a little bit lower, lower room to kind of to start bumping budget? Yeah, so I don't run my rules based upon the time of day with the sawed off. Um, it's just based on metrics, right? So I'll run it based on you know cost per view content and cost per add to cart, initiate checkout, and and purchase and ROAS, right? So all my rules based upon there because the with the sawed off your your budget is going to be a lot lower right where on the regular shotgun you might have like a four hundred dollar budget on one ad set but you might only have two or four hundred dollar budget on that entire cbo which might have four five six ad sets within it right yeah. so it'll take some time for those ad sets to start getting some momentum to them mm -hmm. so if you're cutting them off by 8 a.m or, or even noon you might still be missing out on on those opportunities for them to be working right mm -hmm. but it's looking at the metrics because your 
your website in itself, your funnel should be fairly consistent in its a conversion rate, right? So you know how many people you need to hit your landing page in order to get your, your ad to carts to get your purchases. So you can see based upon your metrics, uh, right. if that one's going to be working that day. And that's kind of how I, I whittle them down instead of with, with the eight, the noon and, and the 4 PM rules that Tim usually does. What's the biggest like uh revenue that you'd like say on a typical day before you would implement the sod off? Like say you did, you know, typically like about two to three K a day and then you go to the sod off, like how much more revenue increase do you usually see from doing something like that? If it's a good day. If it's a good day, it'll spend the entire budget. So, I mean, you could have whatever the 500 or $1,000 budget on there and it'll spend it and do it right on days where it doesn't work entirely. It'll with the rules set in place, it may only spend, you know, 60, a hundred dollars on it and turn them all off. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the, the place where people get really hung up on with the CBO is they only try, you know, one CBO or maybe two CBOs with their, their account. Mm-hmm. I usually have eight to 10 CBOs that are running at all, all times in there because of that, right? Cause you're going to have one that's going to work that day. And that one will just start scaling itself and you can start, you know, pushing the budget up on it at noon and four and all that. And mm-hmm. you could go from, a day where you might normally have a thousand up to two thousand, three thousand, and I think you saw a screenshot of uh, I sent put one in one of the comments there, mm-hmm. where we were averaging about fifteen hundred, and we went up to uh, about six thousand um, last or on Friday or was or on Saturday, yeah. Sunday, whatever on the weekend, right? Yeah. Um, that was using the sod off and the the sniper in combination for to scale up that one. Okay, so I know like I know CBO is kind of a hot topic right now. A lot of people aren't running it. Some people are running it. There's a lot of obviously debate on, you know, if it's going to, they say it's going to be mandatory, but like Tim has said, you know, that they've said that a lot of things are making mandatory and then they're pulling, pulling it out. So are you seeing really, really good success, obviously with CBO, just, but you're using them in conjunction with your two methods or are you just running CBOs kind of at a flat rate? Um, or are you always running your two methods with CBO right now? So I always have those running, both those running in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm using, I'm primarily using CBOs. Uh, right now I'm, I'm finding the, the lower budget, uh, ad set budget, ad sets, <laughs> you know, uh, working as well, like 10, $20, uh, budget ad sets. Those are working really well right now. So I am using those as well, mm-hmm. um, in order to find things that are working and then I'll move it into a sniper or I'll keep scaling it in that way, whichever one's going to work best for that account. Um, but, uh, I do primarily use the CBO and I, I do agree that, you know, come September, they say it's mandatory, but it may not end up being mandatory for everybody. Just like they said, the end of April, everybody should have the new ads manager. <laughs> I haven't seen it on any of my accounts or client accounts or anything. I hate it. I hate it. So. <laughs> how many, so how many ad sets do you recommend for people that are like having, I know some people are just not even testing it and they're just going to kind of wait until it becomes mandatory and then jump in, which obviously it's going to be a big problem um, if you can't figure out how to make it work. So like how many ad sets are you pu- putting into a typical CBO and then how many ads are you putting in within each ad set that you're kind of seeing results from? Uh, so it really depends on your budget, obviously, uh, and in your cost per acquisition that you need on there. Um, but for me, what I typically do is I'll put two to three ads within one ad set and the number of ad sets within the campaign um again that depends on your budget right so i might do 
for a test, I might do all the way from, I might do 10 ad sets in there, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six 6% of a lookalike, the same lookalike and see which one of those lookalikes or percentages are going to win out. Right. Um, I mean, if you have, uh, if you have winning audiences that you know that are working, I typically put around um, four to six within a CBO. I found that to be a pretty good number in there where it'll get good distribution between all four to six of them. And even if you cut them off, it'll, it'll let the other ones scale up if they're doing well. You have you. So a lot of the times what all I've done in the past is obviously when you're running, you know, look like it's 2 million people and you're running a 200, $300 budget per ad set. You kind of, if you were to run, and I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but took the same ad set and duped it like eight times and then cut the losers out just based off of the day because it's kind of grabbing a different subset of the audience. Do you yep. do that quite frequently or you just put up this one lookalike, put it up and then just let it run? Or do you kind of dupe it out four or five times and then start killing off uh, based on the day that when that ad set grabs a winning audience for the day? I, if I'm just testing them, I'll put, just the one up like i was saying you know like one to ten in the cbo right mm -hmm. i'll just put them up like that and if they don't work i'll turn them off and you could dupe them again see if it, that percentage will catch a new pocket of the audience um but the the sawed off method in itself is is that you have one audience within one cbo duplicated four or five times gotcha okay right? yep. so like one sawed off campaign is literally just one audience and one sniper campaign is literally just one audience these are all one audience mm -hmm. uh, scaling methods right which is kind of neat yeah tell us about sniper method i know that right now has a lot of people have said that that's the only thing that they're using right now that basically is carrying their accounts um i know i've posted quite a bit about one ad account that we're running right now um i've never had problems in the years and years and years that we ran stuff but it uh, we run a yoga brand and yep. basically, you know, three, four K in revenue a day, consistent five, 600 spend hitting two, three, four extra turn. And then like May 14th, it's just like, boom, straight down the toilet and shitter. And we have tried everything to revive it. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's seasonal related now that I've basically come, come like, that's my kind of conclusion. Right. Um, a lot of people have complained of the same thing um, and they've been able to revive some of that based on utilizing your sniper method. So tell us about how you came about that, how you built that, how you tested it and kind of how it works and what you do with it to scale up the audiences. Uh, so kind of how we came about it, I was chatting with a couple guys in the Alex group and we were talking more about like um, bid cap methods and trying to find the right, uh, bid cap for an audience, right? And uh, we were chatting and it just came about using trying it out with target cost. And that's kind of what, you know, the cyber method is leveraging, leveraging target cost bidding. And so that's kind of how we came about it and I started testing it. And the way that it works is you start off with a low, um, a low bid and you start duplicating your ad set at slightly higher bid, slightly higher bid until you start seeing traffic coming in and even more traffic coming in, right? And the way that like target cost works is it goes out and tries to find a purchase within 10, I think it's 10% plus or minus your bid range there. So if you're bidding whatever, $20 mm -hmm. and there's a $5 purchase, you know, Facebook may or may not actually give that to you because it's below that 10%, right? So they're trying to give you in that range of the, the $20 bid range where you know, your average 
cost per acquisition might be $50, but you'll start seeing some of these sales coming in at $25, $30, $40 bid ranges. And it's actually been helping uh, lower the CPAs of the accounts that we're using them on. And uh, like it's been one of our most consistent and stable campaigns that we've had back since February, January, February, when we started testing it. So I've, I haven't ran a lot of it. I know Leilani is running in on some of the accounts that we're doing right now. Um, have you, and the one thing I've noticed I've gone and I kind of just like overlook accounts and then optimize a little bit. I've noticed that some of them don't spend. So yeah. really to start getting it to spend, do you just bump up your target cost bid or do you increase the budget and set it to accelerated or, um, how do you, how do you get it to spend more if you, you know, cause I noticed the, the ROAS is really, really, really good. It's just only, you know, it's spending five, 10, 15 bucks a day. You got to, yep. you know, huge budget. How do you, how do you spend more? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't do accelerated budget on, unfortunately, uh, with target cost. Um, that would be cool if you could, but you can't. Uh, so in order to get to spend more, one of them is to, uh, yeah, start bumping up your, uh, target cost bids. So if you're at $20, go to 21, 22, 23, and then you can even do some ranges in between there, right? You know, $20.50, $20.60, right? Um, to try and find out where it's going to start uh, spending that day. And we do find that the longer that it does sit there, um, you do have to start increasing those bids. Uh, it doesn't mean that the lower ones aren't going to get sales anymore. It just means that you need to start going out and finding some little bit higher cost of acquisition um, ad sets. Right, so increasing the bids on them uh, does work, and uh, increasing the budget. I haven't seen that being helpful, but we use because it's a CBO campaign. We use minimum, maximum on there, so increasing those thresholds I've seen working as well. Um, I was doing that uh, earlier this week, and we had a threshold of a maximum of 150 on there, and I bumped it up to 400, and it went and it spent 300 bucks that day uh, on that one ad set profitably right yeah um so those are kind of a couple of things to do there uh, but yeah it is going out and you're if you're not finding it spending you do have to start bumping it up and, and keep an eye on it and finding where that that spot is where it's going to spend that day because they do start to come down um yeah, but, the auction obviously changes all the time so yeah. um you know that's part of it too is if you're not looking at it constantly and the auction price goes up based on that audience or someone comes in and starts using bully then obviously you'd have to start paying for it higher have you exactly. tested with cost cap at all? Sorry? Have you ever tested it with cost cap bidding? Um, I did I did a split test between target and bid cap and cost cap. And um, cost cap was just, it didn't work at the time when I tested it. So I haven't dove a lot into cost cap, unfortunately, yet. Uh, so I can't really comment too much on it. But that was, uh, that was pretty much, I did a couple of tests on it at that point. Yeah. Uh, Leilani said, what if you create multiple campaigns doing the same thing? With the the target cost? or I'm assuming. Is that what you're – she's probably on a delay. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming she's talking about creating the same campaign, like duping it multiple yeah. times. So there was a post in the AdLeaks uh, Platinum about uh, somebody they had noticed that when you first have a, a target cost campaign running – you'll see lower cost acquisition uh, sales come in. But then those ad sets will go for a couple of days without getting a sale on them, basically averaging out the the cost per acquisition to what your bid was, right? Yep. So if you're bidding $20, you might get a couple, you know, $5 ones come in, 
but then it won't do anything for the next couple of days and the whole average comes back up to around $20, right? So we're testing out right now when we're seeing the, the spend lowering on those, duplicating them into a second campaign and seeing if we can grab those lower cost ones again, those the low hanging fruit. Um, but uh, kind of to answer the question, like if you have multiple of them, um, I haven't done duplicates and tried multiple duplicates of the same ones. But like I was mentioning earlier, I usually do have like eight to 10 campaigns running at the same time. So right. I might, of those, I might have like six that are sniper methods, mm-hmm. um, but with different targeting on them, you know, open targeting or uh, single interest or lookalike, right? Yeah, she was saying that using it as a way to spend more, just basically duping it to spend more. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I've seen like, I, I know it used to be like for us, I know a lot of people. I know like Barry Johnson crushes it with like big budget CBOs and all that stuff. We've seen a lot of success, of success doing a lot of ad sets, lower budgets. So like smaller budgets, but it's going really, really wide with it. Um, you know, I mean, I had some ad sets running since February that I basically just turn on and off every single day with rules. And, yep. you know, they'll hit our KPI of like 3X over like a 30-day window. So right. we deal a lot with and we look at like delayed attribution. How do you deal with that with your clients? And is that a problem as far as really, I know personally for me, it's been really, really hard to find clients that understand how important delayed attribution is. And like, you know, oh, we hit one X today, but if you go back two days later and look, we're at 3.5 X. So like kind of front loading up your customers. Do you have a lot of problems with clients with that? And how do you deal with, how do you deal with like cross campaign attribution? And like trying to explain and educate clients because most I, you know, I've actually lost clients over that, but they just can't understand that their Shopify says one number, their analytics says another number because those are going off of last click. And it, it drives insane to the point where like, well, this doesn't work and this is all for, you know, crap. Especially when you're charging people on like a rev share model, right? they go absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can understand that. Uh, especially if you're doing the rev share, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the way I charge clients is based on ad spend, a percentage of ad spend. And then uh, my percentage actually fluctuates based on the ROAS of the account, oh, which is kind of cool. Okay. So if I'm able to help, cause I do both the, the Facebook and I help on their back end as well with the, a bit of conversion rate optimization. So if I can help increase their ROAS, then our percentage goes up, right? Which is pretty cool. Um, and we don't need names of clients, but like, levels of ad spend because i've never actually heard i've never seen anybody charge based on ROAS. it's for me it's easy to use just a straight percentage or percentage plus you know rev share retainer or straight rev share so like give us some scenarios of a couple clients of like what you're spending and then like how that how that works with the ROAS model because that actually sounds pretty interesting so kind of how it would work is uh well just like an idea of spend so we have some clients that are spending a thousand dollars a day some they're spending you know two four and others are spending upwards of 10,000 a day. Um, but kind of how that, that structure works is they have their baseline ROAS that they're trying to hit, right? So let's say it's two times ROAS is their baseline of where they want. So our minimum percentage spend would be on that. Let's say it's whatever, seven, eight, 10% uh, av- uh, of ad spend that you get paid on that two times ROAS. If we bump it up to two and a half times ROAS, then we would go up to maybe... 12 and a half percent. Oh, so you just right? percentage. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. You just, you increase the, the percentage that you're charging the client, right? Because you're getting more 
more revenue for them with the same ad spend, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the more that we are able to increase that ROAS for them, the more that's in their pocket, the more that we get, uh, that we both get to win out of it, right? Do you, what, what, like, so for 50K a month client, what do you charge for a percentage? Uh, it would be the, the 10%. You charge 10%, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's a little lower than agency standard. It's what, sorry? That's a little lower than most agency standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple questions here. It says, do you include retargeting ad sets in your CBOs that also serve to cold traffic? Um, I do not. I know some people have said, like, and I think I might, Max, I might be going off a little bit of that question, but what I get from that is some people have said, like, if you include some retargeting in kind of cold, that it optimizes at the campaign level. So you're able to get more purchases into that campaign to help just optimize the right. entire campaign. Uh, you never tested that? I've tested it. Uh, it. I didn't have great success with it. Um, I didn't do you know, a whole lot of testing. I didn't run it on every single account that I, I worked on. Um, maybe we did it on like one or two, but um, I understand where you're coming with it. But I think the, the ad sets still optimize at the ad set level. Right, still everything's still optimizing the ad set level. The campaign itself is is optimizing the budget, right? Mm -hmm. From what I understand. So I mean, like 50, 50 conversions on the campaign is different than fifty conversions on a single ad set. Yep. Right. Yep. We usually run dynamic, so we don't run a lot of cold DPAs. I've never had really success with cold DPAs, so I like I wouldn't even be able to mix ours together anyway. Yep. So retention or like Instagram, like we always split it up by cold retention, retargeting. And then in our retention, we run like past customers and we run low budgets, like $5 a day just to stay in front of them. Right. And also run like, you know, Instagram engagement, Facebook engagement, and then retargeting. We've even went as far as like breaking that up depending on the size of the brand, but we'll do like one day add to cart separate from one day view. And then we'll do two to three day add to cart, two to three day view. Right. All out i've gone all the way out to 306 i think 365 days based on engagement engagement yeah i got to 28 days go like 30 to 60 60 to 90 and then it's kind of funny how that works because sometimes like even on our retargeting for one big client we have the four to seven day isn't profitable and the 18 to 14 day isn't profitable but like the 15 to 21 is yeah <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> like these weird pockets that, yeah, the buyer's mindset doesn't purchase after like two to three day and you can hit them all you want and it just takes that long for them like to psychologically come around to purchase. Um, yep. We have that in a lot of scenarios where we've been able to cut out that big portion and then optimize based on, you know, the different pockets that we're targeting. Um, and that's why I don't, I don't use CBO for retargeting. Do you or do you use ad set budget? I'll test the CBO. Uh, right now, we're using ad set budgets for the retargeting. But, uh, should we use CBO to split test? Split test. That's just um, audiences and uh, it, I like in a CBO. When I do like a test CBO, um, you can use it for testing different audiences. So, like I said, in one CBO, I'll put the same lookalike, just the different percentages in there, right? Um, I've also done, you know, 10 audiences all with different interests targeting in them. Mm -hmm. So you're split testing different audiences. Um, I've done it with uh, split testing different bid cap levels. 
uh, and that does work as well. Uh, you'll find that the higher bid caps usually get the budget sooner than the lower bid caps, but with your rules, they'll cut off and, and they'll still kind of come out in the wash. Um, for testing creatives, though, uh, you can use you can use a CBO with it. You can use dynamic creatives uh, in there in order to test those, or you can run a single CBO with a single creative. So your only variation within that CBO is your audience, right? So you have three, uh, as Tyler uh, Tyler's method, he kind of he has three CBOs that run all with the same audiences, but each one of those CBOs is only a single, uh, a different right. uh, creative in it, right? So you're you're narrowing down your variables in there, right? So do you? So like, I have some thoughts on that. So <clears throat> real quick, what he's talking about, if you're not familiar, is an ad leaks Tyler Garner put out this really, really detailed video and like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a flow chart on exactly step by step on how to go through and test creative and move it from one level to the another from like testing the image, to testing the ad set, to testing different pieces of the actual ad um, and get it all the way out to a winning ad and then go ahead and scale it. My kind of thought on that is, and I, and I know like Facebook is so volatile that I mean, you could literally take the same audience and the same ad and dupe it 500 times um and you know this with the broad audience you could dupe a broad audience and i can pull screenshots right now and show you where you're grabbing such a different subset of that audience that you get amplified different results so like my whole thought process and all this testing and stuff is you can test but how accurate really is the testing because with facebook's volatility you know what i'm saying tell what, what do you think yep. Yeah, no, feeling about it, but yeah, no, I agree. Um, like, cause when when I'll do my my CBO test of those, you know, ten lookalikes, and let's say I find that eight percent is the one that works fantastic in there, so I'll grab the eight percent and I'll move it over into you know a sawed off method or something, where I dupe it five or six times, um, and then all five or six of them just tank, and you know none of them work. <laughs> right um but you could take the two percent which was kind of okay yeah. and dupe it in there five times and it just crushes it for whatever reason yeah, it I, sense I, that's kind of my like i don't really focus i don't really focus so much as like testing creative and moving it through a method i just put up a lot of ad sets narrow it down and then kind of look at uh like we do a lot of creative reports every two weeks like really really high level detailed reports um sure. We basically take when we launch new stuff, we'll like take the winning ads out of the ads that have been running the longest that have a lot of social proof and then move them into the new ads with new creative while also running like the 388 to like start juicing them up and right. then split test to kind of find. But we don't really like I don't really specifically run kind of like Tyler's method. I've never even like fully like dedicated time to test that because I just I have a hard time believing that actually works just because it's so, so volatile. But um let's see here there's a couple more so static ads versus dynamic what's working better what about the importance of social proof um for me on that and you can comment a little bit on this i don't run a lot of dynamic cold i know barry if you're in any of the groups barry johnson runs a lot of like broad dpa huge budget cbos for big clients and i think that's what's really really crushing it for him i think honestly it depends on the ad account and I test everything from target cost to bid cap. We test 
everything and then we hone in and we're always kind of like swapping back and forth for us the most stable always is a lot of ad sets 50 to 100 150 dollar budget um per ad set and then doing you know like smaller cbo's of like two to three hundred dollars with a couple ad sets in it that's what we've always seen to be able to have a stable row as um but social proof uh your your point david on social proof is absolutely huge we always have a ppe and if you're in the gold or platinum it's called the 388 that tim came up with we're always running that to on constantly we dedicate like 10 15 20 bucks a day and we always dump new ads in there first for a few days is that comment a little bit on that question for you how does that work for you yeah so i always have a ppe running as well at least try to anyways um even if it's uh, just going to like the social proof is a couple different things right like it's it's building up the the likes and the comments and, and everything on your ad um which in turn is then feeding into your your conversion campaigns facebook is seeing the positive engagement on there right and you should in turn be getting a little bit of reward from facebook because you're creating content that people like even though you're kind of tricking facebook <laughs> into uh into to seeing that but uh, people are liking commenting on it it's engaging and uh you should be getting rewarded for for that uh, so i always have a ppe that's running i haven't find i haven't found very good success with video views lately uh, for that, um, mostly the PPEs been been pretty good, or just running. Um, sometimes the the web conversion campaigns get a little bit more engagement than the the PPEs for videos. Uh, ads, like collection based, like where it swipes open or canvas. They used to call them canvas. I call them collection. But do you run those at all? Have you tested those? Yep. Yeah, they actually work pretty good. Um, so like the the DPAs that you're talking about, the DPAs or the the collection or instant experience, whatever you want to call it. Um, they do work pretty, pretty good. Um, we're using like a single image at the top. I know they have the, the option of doing like a dynamic video where it pulls in the name and the pricing and all that fun, fun stuff. But uh, they haven't been converting very well, but having like a single image of your product or, or user generated image mm -hmm. um, at the top there um, has been working really well. People are clicking on it and basically it just, it opens up like a little storefront for them. They can surf through your products and uh, see what they like, right? And click through the store. So the the cost per clicks have been dirt cheap on those uh, to get in to open it, and then you can retarget people that open it, which is kind of cool. Um, and then like the yeah, the CPMs have been really low on it too, which is pretty good. Carlos, your question um, on that flow chart. So I don't know if you're in. There's a paid version of Facebook Ad Buyers. It's uh, AdLeaks Gold which is $19 a month. And I think Friday that's gonna go up to, right now it's open. There's a $1 trial on the gold, which is kind of for new people getting into it. There's not as much of high level information in the athletes gold, it's more for starters. The flow chart in that Tyler Gardner kind of creative testing method we were talking about is in the platinum group. And that's uh, $99 a month. Um, and starting I think the end of this week, you can trial that for like a one buck. You can go to joinadleaks.com. But we've decided to take that group and make it a lot more high-level private um, type setting. And you're going to have to actually starting, I think it's Friday or Saturday or something. You're going to actually have to go through a phone interview process and you're going to get asked questions and you're going to be vented. In a lot of cases, you're going to actually have to know somebody in the group to really even get in to the group. So if you're even debating on joining, I would join today. 
um, because you may not get in uh, starting next week. We're going to kind of shut it off because we're having a lot of people that are just coming in and it's bringing down the quality of the group. Um, so we want to make it a more high level private experience. Um, but that flow chart is in the platinum group and I can't share it. Um, if you want to see that, you're going to have to join and go in there because we don't release information out. Um, it's, uh, and the platinum is full of, uh, basically people that are spending a lot of money that test these methods like Alex and myself that come up with these different things and share high level knowledge. And you can get your question answered basically on anything in minutes and you'll always know what's working. So it's really, really worth it. For sure. And then let's see here. Tell me like, what do you think most people in your opinion are not taking advantage of, or like even extremely high level marketers like myself um, or other people, what are, what are they not doing? What are they missing? You know, what, what can they do to really amplify things? I think one, one of the biggest things is uh, content and I'm starting, I used to do it a lot when I was doing, I used to do like mortgage leads and stuff like that, mortgage and real estate leads a couple of years back. And we would leverage content quite a bit and bringing people to either one of our blog posts or like a newspaper and using like a pixel link uh, to segment people and warm them up. And I think uh, there's a good opportunity for that even in e-commerce and especially if you're doing lead gen as well, right? Mm -hmm. To leverage that and get a lot lower cost per per click and to segment people into your group and, and get lower cost per lead and sales. Um, so I'm starting to leverage that a little bit more. Stephen Black talked on that um, last week or a couple of weeks ago. He's fantastic at content marketing. Uh, so even connected with him, yeah, go do that. Um, but I think a lot of people are missing out on that one. Um, segmenting people by leveraging content, your own content and leveraging other people's content as well. Are, are you guys making creative for clients or do you have the clients make like the creative or does it depend or? It depends on the client if they're handy with image and videos. Um, like I have one client where you sell uh, my graphic, uh, graphic designs and, and fonts and stuff like that. So I don't even come close to touching his stuff because that's what he does for a living. Right. Yeah. Um, so he makes videos and, and images and everything. Um, but then I have other clients where it's, they're a little more hands-off. They give me, you know, uh, they did like a, they do a photo shoot of the product and everything and, and I'll put it together and, you know, image or slideshow videos or something and um, for them as well. So it, it depends on what the client is, uh, their capabilities and, and things like that. What are you using to create your ads for like lower level people that aren't, you know, very savvy in design that aren't using you know, Photoshop and all that stuff. What What are your go-to tools? Uh, for photos, I use uh, InShot on my phone. Um, or I use Photoshop because we had the wedding photography business, so we have <laughs> Photoshop. We know how to use it. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, InShot's pretty good on your phone or Canva. Uh, Canva.com is fantastic. You can make some layouts in there and just save the layouts as PNGs and then swap your images in and out, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's super fast to use. Um, so those for images, um, videos, I, I use the phone. I have, uh, I forget what it's called on there, but it's a video editor. Um, Chandler Welling was the one that recommended. So if you want, I think he posted some videos in this group about his video editing processes. So have a look back and, and those ones, he tells you the apps that he uses. I think he even did one where he showed it like in fast motion from like, you know, 20 minute where he did it. I think that's in the platinum group. Um, yep. So uh, how would you use content in a funnel for a clothing brand? 
I can answer that, but I want to see your opinion. <laughs> uh, well, you can you can do like uh, you know like listicle kind of thing. You know, the top five styles for summer or whatever, right? Um, and get people clicking through and looking at those, or if it's top five, you know, bathing suit styles or something um, for 2019, they'll come click through, look at it, and then you either you can have buttons on those listicles to bring them through to the website. Uh, but it's also going to give you the opportunity to retarget those people with those type of um, uh, styles as well, right? Uh, we've we've had a lot of success in the clothing niche. I work with a lot of uh, extremely big brands, and we have noticed a lot of it, more specifically in the women's. Um, I know more about dresses than I've ever wanted to know. Or <laughs> a lot of it is uh, uh, new arrivals constantly posting. Um, really, really good looking models, really high level photography. Um, but using content in that you're constantly swapping out your ads with like the hottest and latest. And, okay. um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your name, Sigborn, but if you want information, contact, um, I'll DM you a contact. I can help with that. Um, I'll send that to you. I'll put that on my list of things to do. So. Any other questions? We're going to kind of wrap it up here, but any other questions anyone has for Alex? Why don't you guys go ahead and post them? Um, are you, have you ever dabbled in, uh, you never dabbled in Google AdWords? I have like $20 running on one account right now. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. So one where of the, one of the, pre, the guys in uh, Vincent in the platinum group, he helped me set it up and <laughs> it's just been running on retargeting, but that's oh. pretty much all we've done there so far. What's your next uh, big thing to try and tackle? What do you want to learn? Because I've seen you come up from like, I feel like you kind of, and I don't mean any disrespect like this, but like weren't as big as you are now at the mastermind. Like you would have your beard and you were like this little guy quiet. <laughs> and now I've really like seen you just blast on the scene. Um, and I just know because I can see how much you post just like I do and how much, you know, 4 a.m. you're responding back to me. So you work and grind like I do. What are you looking like? What's your next big thing that you want to learn and conquer uh, for like diversifying your traffic for your clients? Uh, I really want to get Pinterest nailed down. I think that's, you know, it's a huge source for buyers, right? Um, they're on there. And um, I do have another platform that we're dabbling in as well. My wife and I are dabbling in as well. I'm not going to let you know which one that is yet, but um, we're just kind of, it has, it takes advantage of a lot of SEO traffic. Um, and you can put your pixel on it and retarget people on there, but not a lot of people are doing that yet on this platform, which is kind of cool. So it leaves a lot of opportunity for leveraging the SEO. So I've been asking you about some SEO stuff and kind of learning about that as well for that aspect. So we can start driving traffic for free there and using retargeting with Facebook and even Pinterest and things like this, uh, later on. Um, so I think that's going to be really cool as well. But uh, yeah, Pinterest is one of the big ones that I want to to start tackling myself because I think it's going to. There's a lot of buyers on. That. That's why they go on there, right? They pin stuff because they want to buy it and try it out and, and all that. So mm -hmm. send me that name of that program after we get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm not using it yet. I don't know. Uh, let me go back here. Any tips on getting clients? Agency clients. Uh, basically I say is uh, provide value in the groups and, and they find you, right? 
aside from that, you know, you, you do your cold outreach, run ads, send out emails, use LinkedIn. There's, there's so many strategies out there that you can leverage in order to get clients. Um, I've just, uh, I've been using the, the strategy of just providing value. That's just what I like to do. I like helping people. So it just came naturally for me, a natural fit for me. Um, I used to do cold calling. I used to do like leadership coaching and all this kind of stuff. And I do 50, 60 cold calls a day on and that. And it's just not my personality. Like you're saying, I'm kind of quiet and everything, but uh, so this in itself was, you know, helping people responding to posts and getting your name out there. Um, that's been one of the biggest things for me in, in terms of generating new clients and growing our, uh, my business. I, I would have to agree. Like I don't even never ran ad to get ads to get clients. Uh, I've probably, I went to, to be honest, the biggest thing, and I'm not just saying this now because I'm in with Tim and work with Tim on projects and stuff, but the biggest thing which actually led me to working with Tim on projects was going to a mastermind. Yeah. That mastermind that I went to, the networking and the relationships that I pull out of a mastermind, bar none, I think it cost me five G's to go to the mastermind. Yeah. I've It's five X my business. We went, you sure. know, multi-eight figure agency. I mean, it, it's been crazy. So I would honestly believe if you're looking to learn Facebook and you want to network and actually get to know people, be more active in the groups, specifically the gold and platinum groups, and also go to a mastermind because the people that are going to the masterminds are, you know, business owners, agency owners, um, yeah. brand owners. And I think I, I, out of that mastermind, I went to one person, who owns an agency we're running all their ads for now another person we're running ads for out of there um i met you and we worked together um that brought me to start working with tim on some things with ad leaks so go to a mastermind <laughs> yeah, i think people underestimate the importance of networking right awesome. and building relationships like, like i said i used to do leadership coaching which was a lot of soft skills and you know building relationships with people. And I used to go to the breakfast clubs, lunch clubs and all this kind of stuff. And that's how you generate clients. It's just you, people will refer you if they know you and like you and trust you. Right. Yep. And it's just being genuine in, in it and building those relationships and finding ways to, to find ways that you can partner up with them or even help their clients and stuff like that too. So I think too, that I really noticed and I think you're probably in the same way just because I see how you work, but I literally work a lot and I respond to clients immediately and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't charge by the hour and I don't, I basically treat brands and the brands that we work with, like they're like, I'm a partner in the business. Right. I'm like, I own part of it. So I, I run ads for people, you know, like here's an example. We run one brand and we made a mistake. We checked the wrong box on Google. Uh, we spent $800 on a retargeting campaign there's a thing in there that I didn't even know was there. You have to go in and edit targeting and slide it to the left. It's been 800 bucks. And the client called me this weekend and he goes, Hey, uh, I noticed like we had all this, our conversion rate on Google is like 0.02%. What's going on? And I went in and I looked and I said, oh, yeah, you know what? I fucked up. I checked the wrong box. Yeah. I said, I'll take 800 bucks off your bill. That's my bad. Like, so really like investing into them and making them also with the clients you get is going to, when you start treating them that way, they're going to refer you to everyone that they know because there's a lot of agencies out there that do subpar work that are not putting out results that don't really treat it as their own business. And I've actually that the networking interacting in the groups 
and just treating people like I'm partial owner is 10x my business. Absolutely. For me, anyway. I agree. Um, and then one last question here. What's your thought on running discount buy one get one free offers on the front end ends for a brand versus a longer funnel with no discounts? Um, it depends on how you want your brand to be perceived, right? Especially if you're going to be running it long term. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no issue in, in running discounts and you'll buy one get one free um, or even, you know, buy this at regular price and get a gift with it, free gift with it or something, right? That might even work a little bit better than running, you know, uh, something on sale where you buy $75 worth of product on the, on the site and you get a free whatever with it, right? Um, it doesn't cost you that much to probably give away that, that free item, but that's not lowering your brand at all at that point either. Um, but there's no issue running those sales, but I wouldn't run them long-term. That's what we do with drop shipping. Right, that's where I, I started and where we came from. Everything was free plus shipping on the store, and it was just nuts. And uh, but it really devalues the the brand. Um, you know, you don't get as many repeat customers coming back in. They just they're looking for sales and, and they leave. Right. I think it's it's who you talk to. Maxwell Finn will tell you he doesn't lead with sales ever, yeah. uh, ever ever will. I I do it and I like sales. And if you watch the interview that Tim did with Van Oaks yesterday, that's how his whole business model is: is they give away a truck, they're running. Promos every five dollars you spend, you get interested in a truck. And he even said yesterday, you know, he'll do five k a day when they're not running a promo. So now they actually just constantly run promos and they do 50 60 k a day. So I, I honestly would split test it and see what you're doing with sales with your discount, like get it down to your net profit and see if you're making more money. But I do know that when we spend a ton of money and we start getting people into top of funnel and we're not getting them to convert, we run a sale. Like our sales were tr will triple that we run like a, a three or four days, you know, sale over the weekend or something. Yep. Yeah, sales do work. Absolutely. People uh, people love to save money. <laughs> I'm pro sale 100%, especially if you have a, you know, you're spending a lot on the cold funnel traffic and you're not getting the conversions. You run a weekend sale 20% off or something on the item. Um, people are going to buy. So, yep. um, Let's see. Do you have any experience targeting pet products? You ever work with pet products? Uh, I do some work with pet products. Yeah. Okay. I have some supplements with a smaller price point of forty nine bucks, and I'm trying to see if there's any tips to target them primarily dog owners. Uh, for dog supplements, I'd I'd probably use that the content approach on the front end, where you're providing more value and education because it is something that it's consumable, right? Um, and people want to know if it's going to actually work or not. And so you'll give some education on the front end. That's probably what I would do. I would try running some blogs to your maybe your own stuff or finding some uh, authority in the space that talks about whatever your supplement is helping out with is the hip and joint pain or something like that, right? Uh, for the dogs and running traffic to those because nobody's going to click on a blog post for hip and joint pain for German shepherds if they don't have a German shepherd, <laughs> right? Um, so you're pretty much segmenting your audience at that point. They, you know they're German shepherd owners. You know their dog now is getting up there in age and they have hip and joint pains. And so now you're retargeting. Um, those people that visit it should be a lot uh, more effective, right? Yeah. And to get the clicks to those blog articles, it's, it's not going to cost you that much at all. 
I mean, this guy says you're the best in the ad leaks community. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, aren't you supposed to have your shirt off for this interview? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I forgot to shave my chest. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Anything else? Anything other questions for Alex? Otherwise, I mean, how can people get a hold of you? Well, one other question, actually. Do you own any brands besides, I know you said you had a dropshipping brand. You're still running that. Do you own anything else or any other brands that you own or partnered in? Uh, so it's our, our, yeah, we have a dropshipping store that we use. Um, and then we have a store on that other platform that I was mentioning. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you what it is yet, but, um, and then my wife, she has her own photography business too, right? Did you get a new computer so you don't have to carry around that iMac when you travel? <laughs> I haven't got a new hard drive yet. <laughs> no, um, it's on my list to do, but, uh, yeah. If you're not, it's like walking around with a boom box. Hey, eh? you remember like the old days with the boom box? Now it's like yeah. walking around with an iMac. <laughs> it's like 2 a.m. and his wife posted a picture and he's sitting there working on the iMac in the hotel room. And I'm just like, Jesus, yeah. crazy about an iMac. That's <laughs> um, uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? If they want to work with you or um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, so you can hit me up on my profile. Uh, I'm active on Facebook pretty much all the time. Uh, you can message me on there. Uh, we do have my own group. It's a fairly small group uh, uh, called Ecom Addicts. And just a heads up, it is password protected, so you have to go through a little bit of a funnel to find that password. Uh, just same thing with ad leaks. We want to keep the level of content in there at, at a little bit higher level, uh, and the spammers out, right? So I know you're in there, Justin. And uh, um, so that's that's pretty much the the ways to get a hold of me is through through my profile or come on into the group and and chat with us in there. All right. Well, that sounds good. I think your group's free too, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I, my whole news feed is just all ad leak stuff all day. Long. I know, right? <laughs> stuff anymore. It's just all. Basically. You have to. You have to train. You. They. If you know the algorithm, you can train it. Yeah. Right. I don't like want. My, yeah. I don't. You know. I don't care to see family stuff. I'd rather see. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Turn Turn Facebook into an educational source, right? I used to see all political stuff and. You know, whatever things going on or cute kitten videos. And uh, I started changing what I was interacting with. And I think that was one of the biggest things was doing that because now when I log into Facebook, it's literally just, it's helping me grow my business every time I log in, which is pretty cool. Yep. No. So, yeah. Well, buddy, I appreciate it. It's great. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. You. I know a lot of people know of you, but they don't actually know you. So, hopefully, this gives them some insight into who you are because I know you help a ton of people in the ad leaks group. Um, so we appreciate it for sure. Um, and I also was going to talk to you maybe about trying to get some, getting you going on some Q and A's. I know Tim's doing some Q and A's, but I know you have a lot of knowledge and some testing too. So I might be reaching out to you when you send me the name of that thing you're using. Maybe uh, <laughs> the bribe there, eh? <laughs> yeah. But all right. Yeah. If you have any questions for Alex, feel free to reach out to him. Otherwise, man, I appreciate it. It was great talking to you and uh, getting to know you a little bit better. So, Awesome, bud. Appreciate it. See you guys later. Thanks, guys.